Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers ArchFit Footwear. Okay, I know what you're thinking. ArchFit Footwear? Nah, I don't need Arch support. Well, I thought the same, and these are still my favorite trainers. You see, Skechers ArchFit are great for virtually everybody. ArchFit was designed by experts giving you podiatrist-certified Arch support and all-day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for Arch support. I love how they look too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers ArchFit. Find Skechers ArchFit footwear for men and women everywhere. This episode of the Long Run Podcast is sponsored by Skechers. Hello everybody, it's 7 o'clock, it's Friday night and welcome to the award winning, yeah you heard, <laughs> long running, run, live stream and podcast brought to you by the 40 Runs Running Community and our sponsor Sketches. check out their great deals at sketches.co.uk. I'm Ian Wilson and tonight I'm joined by Sabrina Ahmed, Toby Frost, Alan Cody, we are going to be talking about recovering from marathons, not quite had the opportunity to run mine yet, I've got another 48 hours. But we're going to be digging into that. But it's been a massive week for us. Chris, unfortunately, cannot be with us. But we wanted to give you a dose to the old boy. So he's done a little video for us just to uh, have a quick chat. So, Toby, if you could press the play button, that'd be lovely. Guys, I'm sorry I can't be there. But I did want to do a quick message to say thank you to every single person who voted for us um, in these uh, sports podcast awards. The fact that we won is crazy. We're against a massive podcast. I mean, massive podcast. So thanks to everybody who's watched, listened, downloaded, shared, uh, and been part of the journey. Thanks to the hosts. Thanks to uh, Sketches for supporting the podcast and live stream as well. It's incredible. So thanks very much, and I'll see you guys next week. Yeah. So that was the amazing news yesterday. We were... um, Chris put us in for an award for the um, the sports podcast awards that cover all sorts of all sorts of different sporting topics. So I think they're based in America because like the entry fee was in dollars and stuff like that. Yeah. There's some massive, you know, big organisations like the Athletic and um, the Guardian and big big media people. And um, we were in the uh, best performance, well-being, and fitness category. And by hook or by crook. Mainly, I think, because so many of you lovely listeners got on the website and gave us your support that we come out on top and mind-blowingly ahead of, um, in the section, uh, Jake Humphrey's um, High Performance podcast, which gets loads loads and loads of viewers and massive big-name guests. Although we did have Colin Jackson on last week, so, you know, we are 
we are getting into that sort of stratosphere, but it was absolutely brilliant. And um, we cannot thank you enough for the amount of support that you give us, the eight people who do this show regularly, who sit at their dining room table or in their spare bedroom and just talk about running for 60 minutes on a Friday night. And we get so much support and it's taken off beyond our wildest dreams. And I just wanted to say on behalf of the whole team, thank you so much for all your support over the last two years. Al, you know, it was your idea, mate. You know, you cut. it must be hard to believe that it's gone so mad. you remember when we used to get excited when we had eight people in Clubhouse waiting to talk to us? <laughs> Back in, well, I was just reflecting, I think it is literally two years when we started on Clubhouse and then about another three or four months before we went kind of to the podcast format. And yeah, I don't know if you've had a chance to look through some of the other winners, but it's amazing when you think, you know, the BBC was up there kind of winning awards and kind of we're there as well. So it is quite mind-blowing really to think uh, uh, there's enough people out there listening to our <laughs> and nonsense every Friday. So uh, uh, good work. Let's keep up the good work. We'll keep up what we do normally, well, isn't it? Just chat. Yeah, now we've got the burden of expectation now, though. You know, we just used to blag it and everybody thought it was all right. And now, though, you know, we've got reputa- reputation to uphold. So, um, I mean, it's not just the fact that, you know, we've been disabled, but what I've really enjoyed is the fact that, you know, we've brought a lot of um, a lot of people have said, oh, you know, it's been great that you've helped, you know, get me through my long runs and things like that during my marathon training. And also people, you know, from through difficult times as well. So, Brilliant, we had a couple of emails, didn't we, this week? Yeah, we and, and just before I do those, actually, I'm going to read them a couple. Um, please, if you are uh, commenting, you're using Facebook, please click on the link that I think was Toby put in. Toby, can I'm you... Getting there. I'm getting there. Right. Toby's going to put a link in now. Can you click on that just so that we can see your name um, as you comment or just put your name at the beginning of the end because there's loads coming through, which is amazing. Um, but we just want to know who, who we're talking to. So... Um, Yes, actually, we've had a couple. We've had loads of emails, which is amazing. But just a couple that I um, wanted to reference. So James Henderson, actually, who I can see has just commented saying hi, everyone. Um, I'm hoping it's the same James Henderson now. But um, has sent us a note just to say congratulations on the award. Really well deserved. So thank you. Um, and he met you Al, actually at Victoria Dock Park Run. Yeah, it was probably what was that three four weeks ago? So yeah. it was absolutely tipping it down with rain, and we was all kind of huddling under about six inches of roof and then uh, James come up and said hello and and I think he kind of shared the story with me that you're you're going to reference so it was yeah. it was nice to put a, a face to a name and, and just have a little chat about what he's got out of the community and how we're helping people like James so yeah, yeah. so look I won't I won't go into to all details so it's quite personal but he had some really tough news at the, at the beginning of the year um, and was going through quite a difficult time and he said that he was sat at home one evening and got a reminder that the long run was about to start and he wasn't sure if he wanted to watch it, understandably, with everything else that was going on um, and where his headspace was at. But he said he made the decision to turn it on. And for one hour, it just took him away from things. And he laughed and he got involved and it was just something that he really needed. So um, thank you. And thank you, James, for, for A, getting involved and listening. And But um, also, we wish you all, all the best and we wish you well. And we hope things are getting, getting better for you over time. And then the other one was from Tim. Um, who sent us a note saying, hi, guys, uh, just wanted to drop you a message to say thank you for the great podcast. Um, he said he's been listening for the last four months whilst training for London, which is next week, which is mad, isn't it? Um, and he said that it's been absolutely immense. He said, great running partners to have in his ears on those long runs. And he's ordered his top, which he's going to wear with pride on the day. So that is great. Um, and you will have a huge cheer. There's 40s all over the place from what I know. Um, I've seen people saying they're at mile 13 on marathon day, they're at mile 22, and there'll be a big cheer squad at 18, I think, between 18 and 19 in Canary Wharf, which if it's anything like the water stations when they are at events, you can hear them from about a mile away. So you will know that you're heading in the right direction and that you'll get a lot of love in that area. So um, Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be at mile 18 in the 40 uh, meetup. So um, I'll be making plenty of noise there. And we've referenced to London as well and uh, the fact that we've got some messages. Um, last year, and we're going to repeat it this year, that if you've got anybody, if you or your friends are um, running in London and you'd like a shout out on next week's show, the week uh, which will be two days before the big day, um, please um, this week, send your message to uh, 40runs.com slash long run, and um, we will get to read some of those out next week. Um, so, yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, it's been, uh, 
we've not none of us have been on for two weeks, Sabrina, because you had um you had your chat with Colin. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. So uh went a couple of weeks ago to meet Colin. So um It's Colin Jackson, sorry. Colin Jackson, you. yeah. Olympic athlete. Uh it was a hurdler. Um we were lucky enough to go down to the Red Bull Studios uh, and we had a chat with him about Wings for Life, which is happening on the 7th of May, um, which is a charity event, actually, which he's been involved in for years. Um, and actually, what's brilliant is it's all about a community as well, which is so well aligned to what, what we stand for and what we do about it being so inclusive and just giving everyone something fun to do, really. So the event starts at the same time across the globe. So it happens everywhere in the world. So it doesn't matter where you are. Um, and it will be 12 o'clock lunchtime UK time that it starts basically you get 30 minutes and you start running and then they set off a a chaser car basically that basically chases you down so you just keep running and uh yes you just uh you keep running and um the car will chase you down when the car chases you down you are you're out basically um but you kind of get a ranking in terms of everyone in the world and it's just a bit of fun so it doesn't matter how far you go how long you go for it's just like it's just all all for a bit of fun and you can do it on your own by downloading the app or you can do it um go to one of one of the events they're happening all over the place um there's one in cambridge actually which we're going to head down to there's one in london and and yeah so it's just to it's a virtual car you're not literally going to oh, be yes. the m25 no down by some irate uh, no, but you say that if you're anywhere near Chris, he might decide to take a car with him and, and go, I'll get involved in this. So, yeah. um, Sabrina, you're trying to sign us up for this, and I'm just my one reservation is that I might find myself at the furthest part of the course and then face a sort of like a five mile walk to get back to base if um, I get I caught at an a, inopportune moment. I think it's a loop. So, I think if you go to one of the events, you do like a loop, so you're actually never that far and you just keep going until until the chaser car gets you so yeah, and you still finish right. your run i mean yeah. the car gets you and you'll you'll get your ranking but you oh yeah you they don't sort of usher you off to the side of the no. road and say thanks so much folks it's not like the dreaded no. sweeper car then it's all no, it's no, all no. virtual in your headphones effectively so you, so you need your, your phone your headphones because it's sort of everyone to themselves this little app it sounds so complicated that i'm intrigued and i'm probably gonna have to sign up yeah, I would. I would. We're going. It's going to be good fun. I have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And I mean, it's the first just... time in life that Toby's ever signed up for anything himself and then said, I'm doing this. So I thought, I better do this as well now. Really? But you're yes. the bloke who gets dragged along, aren't you? Kicking and screaming. Nah, they mentioned car in some kind of competition. So I was like, off I go. And it's Cambridge <laughs> as well. Who doesn't like going Cambridge? And <laughs> this is true. Lovely. I'm sure it'd be a beautiful route. Bit of your carriageway, the odd hill. No comment. <laughs> I mean, Moving just on. to touch upon a couple of other little, inst- uh, li- well, not little events that have happened in a way. Um, we're split down the middle here. What we did a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah. Sabrina, you had your favourite race of the year at the Landmarks. Smashed yeah. it again. Yeah, we had a great run. Landmarks, I know I will say this. I think it's a great course. I think it's a great race. I think it's. It's just fun. I think the support out there is brilliant. Uh, the atmosphere is great. It's a 40 water station and they were going mental as always. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was good. It was a great day. Uh, I think Chris had, Chris, can I actually say something? Chris never talks about this. He had a, got a PB that day. He ran incredibly and he's so quick to celebrate everyone else's successes. And then he just brushes over his own. So um, huge, huge congratulations and shout out to him because to run one thirty six is bloody tough and it is quick. So I thought that when he went to um, when I saw his time at Cambridge, yeah, I said to him, "God, mate, you smashed that, didn't you?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, it's all right, yeah, it's okay. And that was that was sub one forty, and I, yeah, yeah. I was taken aback. I thought, hell, you know, he, he, he's given that some. He's had a great run, so I'm not That's actually, sweet. I'm not that surprised that you said that he's subsequently done that because he's the old boy's been in good shape hasn't he yeah but it's just funny because i said to him you run around with a camera in your hand talking the whole time if you didn't talk and didn't have a camera in your hand just imagine what could happen but i don't think he would i think he'd lose all concentration he'd just be so bored that he'd give up because he'd just mm. be like, oh, it's rubbish it's and when he's at the landmarks he starts at the front anyway so he should get a pb <laughs> well yeah actually good point toby and chris led the race for not just 
the 100 metres down the straight, but I don't know how far they went. I came around the corner. So anyone that's ever done that much, you kind of go out straight, you turn around the corner. And I turned and I thought, everyone else that was on the front line with them is near me. So where the hell have these two gone? And they were like miles away looking back going, where's all our mates? We have an amazing time. <laughs> and then we slowed down because we couldn't really sustain that at mm. all. <laughs> so Toby's like... talking about amazing times now. Didn't go by Bifa though, did he? No. That was a completely different event altogether in terms of being in the sun. Yeah. So it was, on a serious point, we had people kind of struggling because they've trained all winter in like minus 10 and wind chill factors of 70 miles an hour and suddenly you land in Ibiza and it's 70 degrees and you're kind of, where's the sunscreen? Yeah. So I think that threw a few people on the day, but it was a really good, really good event. You know, hats off to, to Helen Tabor for, for putting the invite out to everyone to, to come and join in a celebration mm-hmm. of her 50th. Um, it started off with a little uh, uh, hijacking of the plane. We managed to sing happy birthday to her just as we came into land. So we, we kind of knew it was going to be a fun weekend. And to be fair, I think everyone had a great time. You know, and Wilco's hotel room was kind of like the business. He had a walk-in infinity pool at the bottom of his, <laughs> the bottom of his uh, hotel. Because I got there early. Oh, is that what it is? You had an extra yeah. day. I was, was the first one. In the, me and my mate Shane from work who came along and had a whale of a time was signed up to be a 40 runner by the end because he had such a wild and wacky time with us. Um, yeah, he signed us up. And um, uh, what was amazing was that also our hotel was so good that the expo was literally next door. Right. So um, I saw a load of the Hartford people who, and there's a big posse from Hartford, he went, and um, they um, went to the expo. So I walked over and met them and they said, how close is your hotel? And I said, I'm still on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's that close. Yeah, it was just everything was on our doorstep. It, we had well, a it was a twenty-two kilometre race, so that was a little bit different. It was technically further than a half marathon, and you actually ran past our hotel at twenty-one. So if you <laughs> wasn't bothered about a time of finishing a medal, you could have just popped off the course at twenty-one kilometres, bagged your half marathon time, and uh, been in the pool before anyone else had finished. But mm. yeah, it was a, a really good weekend. It was amazing kind of how many um, shout-outs we got for 40 runs in various Spanish accents. So the way the race was organised, there was three different starts. So there was a 12K start, a 22K start, and a marathon start. And it meant that during the course of the race, you slowly kind of all caught up. But it just meant there was wave after wave of 40 kind of uh, shirts. And the locals really embraced it. So it was really good to uh, take us on an international tour that weekend so highly recommended i think plans are already taking shape for next year and possibly other places as well so yeah. keep your eye in the, the Facebook group for uh yeah early spring and book your hotel early for the best room <laughs> yeah um i'm just gonna do a couple of shout outs and questions if that's all right because there's yeah, a go on, jump in. Through. so um what have we got? I just saw one for Alan, actually, which was, uh, so hold on, firstly, Mike and H- Michael Hillsden, you're asking about Blue Wave 11. Uh, it's your first London next week, so firstly, good luck. Um, on the Facebook community, if you go on there, they've uh, Mel and Chris have actually started threads for each of the different colour starts, so red, blue, green and yellow, I think, um, and there's loads of people in there commenting around what wave they're in within those starts. So if you pop on there, you'll find loads of people probably in the same wave as you um, that you'll be able to find and meet up with. So have a look there and that should help. Um, question for Al, how often should I try and run a quick park run? Good question. Um, I don't think there's a, a, a correct answer for that. It, it depends what your, your goals and ambitions are. Um, if you are training for a race, a marathon, a half marathon, I think park runs can really work well in terms of using it as a speed session. So if you are, you know, actually only going to run the 5K that day and you need a a speed tempo session, go for it. And you could do that weekly if that was part of your longer term uh, marathon training. Um, Realistically, you know, should you be charging out for a PB every Saturday? Probably not because you might hit that PB in the early days, then you'll hit a plateau and actually the motivation could kind of drop off and you could end up falling out of love with parkrun just because you're getting frustrated with yourself, just because you're missing it by a few seconds. And that's not really 
what park runs about. So for me, it's about making park runners as useful as you can make it within your your broader kind of running program, rather than it being the be all and end all. On a, on you know by nine thirty on a Saturday, it's either made or break. It's either made or broken your weekend. That kind of really shouldn't be what it's all about. Yeah. Good, good point. Um, next one is Aubrey running. So he said, uh, so good to join this. Always watch the videos, but never actually made the live stream. And he's going to make it a habit going forward. If that is Aubrey that I think it might be, he's been doing some stuff with Chris recently. So hello. And we're glad that you are. That you've made it tonight and um, that you're here. We are also truly international today. I've seen Ireland, Florida and Prescott. And I saw a bonjour as well. So I'm assuming we're in France and that's not just someone saying bonjour. It might just be. Derek Trotter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you, everyone, for listening from, from across the place. Can, can, um, you, can you pick out Mike's one? It's just come in. He said he's just joined the show, never seen Toby wearing a hat. So he wants to know, has he got a dodgy haircut? Yeah. So, Toby, are you going to do a reveal for us? No. Uh. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's a dodgy haircut, but I wouldn't say it's my finest hair day. Oh, really? Oh. I have worn a hat before, though, so I have to watch a bit closer. Yeah. Um, right. The other one was uh, that I want to touch on was Hazel said, uh, congrats, guys. So thank you very much. Uh, just a quick question. Double runs in training, good or bad? You want me to go with that one again? Yeah, oh, go on. So different thoughts. Um, if you follow world athletics and the triathlon scene, the Norwegian approach to smashing out fast times is to do double tempo runs. And I think we've had Ben Felton on the the show yeah. previously he's a bit of an advocate for doing that i think you have to be oh, a, uh, Al, before we go on can you just sort of like explain to the uninitiated what you mean yeah, by sort of so like double that might be you know two sessions morning and afternoon if you say compare it with kit chogi he'll be out doing most of his runs slow albeit his slow is still much faster than our slow but he will be focusing on slow 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 and then he'll pop in a a tempo run or something fast, a fast 5K, but most of his training will be slow. The Norwegians do it slightly differently. Um, they've got a lot of science behind it as well, if you kind of get into that kind of thing. Um, but they will schedule two fast sessions back-to-back a morning and afternoon. So they will go out, they will push a fast tempo, 45 minutes of you know blasting it and holding that pace. They will recover, fuel, and then they'll go again. Um, and, and, and I guess the, the theory in its simplest, it's about be, building that speed endurance. And you have to stress your put, you have to stress yourself nearly to the point of failure to then recover and build. So mm. if it was a graph, you'd see that improvement, that slight dip, and then you'd see the improvement again before you you kind of um, get to the end of your program. So. It can work. Um, I've done the occasional double run. I think double runs are better for us everyday runners when you're trying to fit in long miles. So there's nothing wrong with looking at your 10 miler or your 16 miler and going, I've got to get the kids to school. Then I've got to get back and do some shopping. Then I've got to do something else. How am I going to fit 16 miles in? Well, don't stress about it. You know, break it up. Do two separate runs, you know, um, they don't have to be equal. They don't have to be um, necessarily even at fast pace. It's just get the miles in. So double running can help when you are stretched for time, when you are pushed for being able to find that space in a in a busy busy life. Yeah. So plays havoc with your wash bin, though, doesn't it? Yeah. It certainly does. Um, <laughs> and, and as a confirmed sweaty Betty, um, it, yeah, it puts pressure. <laughs> puts pressure on your washing machine and it can put pressure on your relationships as well. <laughs> as just as the washing machine gets emptied, you fill it up with another pair of sweaty socks and another yeah. pair of and particularly because I like to go out layered as well. I kind of if you're gonna do it, you might as well do it. So swings and roundabouts really. <laughs> There's not so much in the roundabouts, but uh yeah. yeah. All right. And um, thank you, Alan. So uh look Yes, you can have a shout out. So the staff's crew, the Staffordshire satellite crew, um, are going to Cannock Chase Park tomorrow, which I think is in the Midlands somewhere. Um, and Chris is heading down there as well. So if you are in that area or anywhere close, I don't really know where he is, but around Staffordshire, um, head down there for park run tomorrow morning because that looks like it'd be a good turnout and good fun. Um, 
And then I think, oh, this one, Wilco, I reckon this one's well between you and Toby oh, be able to answer this. Any tips for Manchester Marathon without any training? So, Wilco, I know you do your training. So let's start with Toby. He's the expert. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Manchester I haven't done. So, is, is it flat ish? It is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Really yeah but they all say that. If you only entered marathons that said, oh, it would be flat 95% of the time, you'd be disappointed, wouldn't you? They all say that. It's only currently 54 metres of elevation. Really? London's about 100 as comparison, yeah. So, and I think there's, I think it London is London is hilly, as we know. <laughs> Well-known <laughs> point. Um, I think, yeah, obviously you've got to be careful if you're going for a marathon without any training. Obviously, it depends on what your base is as well. So I'm assuming that you have got a base there. Um, but I would just run, if you're going without much training, I'd run to fill. Um, that's what I did in Amsterdam. I mean, I had the boys for the first sort of half. Um, when actually they kept me going there but I always find the first 10k of a marathon almost the hardest sounds a bit weird mm. um but just sort of bedding in I always find that quite hard I don't, just don't feel it and then I seem to get into it um but sort of ran to feel um the whole way really on that so that's what I would say just don't push yourself if if you want to slow slow is you know yeah you just want to get to the finish line enjoy the day I mean it's been you know I'm doing Manchester this weekend um I've had a bit of a stressful week, you know, I, I, like many people, I'm sure, um, not getting much sleep, thinking about stuff, all the prep and things like that. And one thing that one thing that I've done this week that I've, has given me a lift is that I've got my playlist and I just filled it up with loads of Manchester-based sort of music, like Oasis, Stone Roses, Joy Division, New Order, Smiths, stuff like that. All the stuff that I like. No idea what you're talking about. I'm like, you're showing your age there. Classic never goes out of fashion. But what I would say is, we always say, don't do anything new on race day. But you've still got time now. And definitely if you've got London, you've got time. Do yourself a playlist. Get yourself all your favourite songs, whatever sort of stuff you want to do. Things that remind you of great times that you've had remind you of perhaps of people who aren't around anymore and things like that, make yourself a big list and play it on the day and help. And that will help you. Even if you don't put, even if you just put it on, you know, in that last hour when you're feeling a bit rough and things like that, it's a great thing to have in your back pocket for an emergency. I, I run in headphones all the time and I play this long, this playlist all the time. So I think we should, you should have a look, get yourself a playlist, but this is all prep. And we've talked about marathon prep for weeks. Tonight, we're going to talk about what happens next after you've crossed that line. Yeah. So tonight's topic is marathon recovery. So, Sabrina, can you set us up? Yeah. So, um, I think recovery is, is an interesting one for us to be talking about because I think there's two big parts. One is obviously the physical recovery because of the exertion that your body's just been through, right? You've run 26 miles, you've done probably likely 16 weeks roughly of training um and therefore what you suddenly like your body suddenly stops right and and people get sick and all sorts and we we hear about it all the time but I also think mentally is is probably for me the tougher part of it which is you filled all your time and then when you're tapering you filled your time with nerves and worry and anxiety around what do I do what do I do about this and that and suddenly you've got this gap Mm. Um, and there's also the bit of it might go to plan. We we always hope and we train for it too, but also it might not, right? And and you do have to almost go, what happens if it what happens if it does and it all goes swimmingly? What do I do and how do I recover? Versus if it doesn't, what do I then do? So um Al, should we start with you? Because this is like Al's the king of like the scientific stuff. So I feel well, like well, I'm, I'm actually gonna start on the mental side of things. You know, you, you kind of yeah. took us there and we can come into the physical. Um you're absolutely right marathon post marathon blues is a thing um certainly if you're in enough kind of marathon groups you'll 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 see that conversation going on um and it's understandable as you said sabrina you've kind of had this goal set up for at least 16 weeks but it could be years you know you could have been chasing that london place in ballots for years and never got it and then suddenly find yourself 
you know, having achieved what you consider to be your ultimate running goal. And then there is that, you know, kind of what next? Um, so that is, is something to be mindful of and it's something not to be ashamed of because I've suffered it and it's hard. Um, the way I've got through it is stupidly go and book more races. <laughs> I get a buzz from, from race day. So I know that, you know, the, the, the prep, the planning, all the effort going into the training culminates in, in a few hours, starting even before the race. Um, Sorry, Al, can I just ask as well? Because I think, um, I mean, we've all done marathons, but I think you're definitely the most experienced out of us in terms of the number of marathons. It's just crept into 10. Have you? Yeah, yeah, 10 now, yeah. Well, I tell a lie, I've completed nine and I've had one did not finish. So that was my other point in terms of yeah. dealing with the, the pressure that you put upon yourself on race day. Yeah. Um, and as you said, if you're running a number of marathons, you're probably going to have as many bad ones as you are good ones. And if you're running one and done, you're adding even more pressure that you want it You want it to be the best you, you can possibly be. Um, and that creates a huge amount of pressure. And again, I think if we scroll back over a number of episodes, we've probably, you know, talked to death about just trying to enjoy it, trying to take away some of that anxiety. You know, we've talked about headphones and listening to the music, but actually just enjoying the atmosphere as well can make for, you know, um, just relieving and taking away some of that anxiety. So the mental pressure can be something that then when you get through that, leaves another void so it can come for a number of different kind of places that that post-marathon blues and it and it's you know it's it's something all I'd say is be mindful of and have a strategy in terms of how do you think you're going to cope you know if this has been your big moment and it's either gone well and you're full of it or you know you're kind of looking going you know what do I do how do I recover because that's hard that's hard as well it's probably taken me six months to get over Amsterdam uh, I'm not rushing back this year, but I've got unfinished business and I know I will be back at some point to, to complete that race. Is that part of your recovery for that? Is- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Is to go back and do it again because there's a mental thing there that you like it didn't because like for me for example, so and we'll touch on the second like the immediates of right after the race any tips we've got etc but London didn't go to plan and then because I was definitely around one and done I'm never doing another marathon and then when it didn't quite go to plan um I went oh I should go and do another one to to get over it but for me it didn't have to be London it just had to be I just needed to go out and run and feel good about it I think for me Amsterdam I saw so many people enjoy that run and enjoy that weekend because again there was quite a big faulty contingent I I came away First of all, without my medal, which was a little bit disappointing, but I didn't have the same shared experiences. And I think that's probably the biggest motivation for me wanting to go back. Yeah, I want to complete the 26. I want to get a medal, but I want to come away from that race with the same kind of buzz um, that everyone else got that day. It didn't help that when we got to Schiphol Airport, every food outlet was closed. So I'm sitting there miserable because I haven't finished and I'm sitting there miserable because I couldn't get anything to eat. <laughs> so, another piece of advice, take your own packed lunch for after the race, just in case <laughs> your catering yeah. uh, options are limited. But, you know, that, that's, that's unofficial. There, there must advice. be some sort of correlation between the amount that you invest into 
your marathon and like your mental recovery that if you go it it would seem to me that if you go with the objection objective to uh, enjoy it as much as possible then you'll reflect on it perhaps differently than if you've set yourself an immediate target and you want to but you know because people people we've already talked about manchester being a flat course there will be people there who will see this as a great opportunity to get a ticket to some of the biggest races in the world that they'd never be able to do. They'll be able to get a good for age. They'll be able to get a Boston qualifying time, things like that. And this is a big chance for them. Now, sure, yeah. the come down for that, if it doesn't come, doesn't that must be worse than here's, if you've just gone and give it a go. Here's a suggestion, a bit controversial. We've got two weekends where we've got two massive marathons for the Fordy community. And, I've listened to other podcasts because other podcasts do exist. And one of, one of the comments about doing endurance races and taking on big challenges is that as soon as you get over the finish line, probably the first question someone will ask you is, what time did you do? And that's immediately setting you up for either having a great race or being disappointed. And, you know, you'll manage that in your own head. So perhaps we should set an example with the next two weekends of, starting those conversations by going did you enjoy it did you have fun let the conversation happen and then if it's appropriate you know have that conversation about and did you manage to, yeah. to pull think, it into a I think it's almost sort of like when you know when we do comparisons in anything in life whether it's exam results and things like that you know it's sort of like did you get out of that what you wanted to get out of it that's the key that, that's the key answer to me you know and whether people regard that as times and things like that I, do you get what you wanted out of the experience? And did you have did you have as good a day as you possibly could have done? Yeah, I love that though. Al, actually, around framing it, when we see someone over the finish line or afterwards, instead of how did you do, which is basically saying what time did you get? How about we go? How you feeling? You're right. Just and a genuine level of care to go. How you feeling? Because that sometimes people just want to go. Yeah, I'm good. Right? Or yeah, I just need to. Well, you'll see all the scenarios, don't you? You'll see people looking elated, but may feel slightly disappointed. And you'll see people that absolute, absolutely look out of it and dead, but are just having the best time ever. And so you, I don't think you can assume just from looking at physical appearances and seeing how you know people react when they stop their garment. And we've all done it. Cross the line. The first thing you do is you whack your button and then you, know, you, you kind of look for the medal. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, Having that different mindset can actually yeah. just set a whole different precedent for, for our community. So let's give it a go. Yeah. Let's see see if people come yeah. away from the next two weekends going, yeah, that, that's made a huge difference because actually I'll look at the time and in an hour's time when you've got the coffee, when you've got your bagel, when you've got your donut, you can pour yeah. over your Strava stats for forevermore. Right. But actually in that moment, just enjoy it and, you know, relish yeah. Because it's hard work. It's hard work getting in the ballot and it's hard work getting through the training plan. It's bloody hard work on the day. Yeah. So. But Al, you just touched on something interesting then, which is, uh, right, so you finish, you get over the line, you get your medal, you get your bag. Now what do you do to start that recovery, right? Because that's that's when it starts from from that moment, yeah. if we're honest. There's a, there's a long run. Yeah. So. so for me, hydration's probably the first thing in my mind. Um, yeah. There will be a range of goodies available if it's like previous years if you're running London and most of the big marathons have a, a goodie bag with can of water or a banana or you know uh, uh, oat bar or something so getting hydrated for me is is quite key again I'm a so I know I will kind of just guzzle down that that red ambulance if it's available or I'll try and sneak a second can of water from a, a friendly marshal if I can um and by red ambulance, Chris talks yeah. about this in a lot of the, the videos and what to pack is, is basically full fat Coke. And our recommendation, we always say this, is chuck a bottle of that in your bag for when you pick it up because it brings you back to life. I don't know what it is. It's a sugar. The second rest, thing yeah. for me is getting some warm clothing on. So, again, regardless really of kind of what the temperature yeah. is on the day, and, you know, we might have an 85-degree absolute stormer, but chances are you've come over that finish line your body's been working really hard, your heart's been pumping, your core temperature is through the roof, and then you stop. 
And again, it doesn't really matter kind of what the ambient temperature is outside. Your core body temperature will start to drop and drop and drop. So actually getting out of your running clothes, even if you're not a sweater, and getting your hoodie on or getting some long trousers on or just getting dressed in something that will make you feel a little bit more human is probably the second thing for me to do. And then you've hydrated, you're feeling warm, then you can start thinking about, right, where's my friends, where's my family, where's the food, where's the coffee, you know, where's the celebrations on on race day? Yeah. And so how how long guys do you do you tend to wait after a marathon because there's theories that look you need to need to walk which i think over most after most major marathons you've got to walk somewhere right because you've got to get to transport you've got to get whether it's your car a cab a train whatever right so you, you do a little bit of walking i think they say like 10 minutes of walking afterwards can actually be 10 15 minutes is really good for you but i think one of the questions that comes up a lot is right so mentally okay there's that side of things Physically, there is, right, I've got over the line, I've had something to eat, etc. But when do you think about going for a run again? Because to that point that suddenly you've gone from a, a training plan or a block where you've been following it loosely or, or to the every I and every T, how long do you not wait before going, I'm going to put a pair of trainers on again and I'm going to go out? Well, I mean, I'm generally conditioned into sort of, if I had a long run during my training plan, I'll always go out the next day and do sort of three or four miles like recovery and do something really slow. But this is obviously, this is obviously a bit different. I would, um, you know, I might pop around my dad's and take the dog for a walk or something like that, just to have a bit of a stretch and do something different. Um, because I think you do have to, a, a good thing to help you mentally recover from, um, from your marathon is to, do some of the things that you've neglected over the previous 16 weeks, whether that's spending time with your family, doing a bit more with your kids, going out with your mates a bit more, anything, riding a bike, visiting people, interacting with people that you may not have seen so much of over the previous sort of three or four months. I think that's really key. Um, and as for, as for going out and running, I mean, I know Hayden, we've forgotten to give Hayden and Jatila a shout because they Oh, we're going to do that. Uh, they're going to yeah. Boston. They're doing the Boston Marathon this week. So we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But um, Hayden won't run for a week. I know other people won't do anything for a fortnight. I don't think I can do that, really. But having said that, when I did um, when I did Edinburgh, um, I went out about five or six days later, tried to speed down the towpath when I was um, about to be attacked by a rather fearsome-looking swan. And uh, my calf popped, and I had to sort of limp a mile and a half home via the pub, <laughs> feeling very sorry for myself. So maybe, I, you know, maybe I learned the lesson the hard way. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's your I, I, was saying, I don't think there's really a right and wrong answer. It's for me, I, I do it down to feel. So it's like I, after Edinburgh, I, I, I actually couldn't run for at least a week, probably two. <laughs> my my legs just would not allow me. I think I tried about five days afterwards and that was an interesting run. I think Brock's one about to tell you that one. Um, the, but so for me, it, and it depends because I know as you, you sort of touched upon, you do the long runs in training, but race day is normally quite a different, different thing because you're normally going for that time that you've been aiming for or, or putting in that extra effort. Um, I would normally leave sort of a, a week sort of the first week I wouldn't yeah. I mean I might do a gentle run that week if I feel okay but normally I'd give a week before I'd actually then go out again and then just sort of run unless I got anything else in training for just run run for fun mm-hmm. you say you've been in that yeah. block haven't you one thing yeah. I just want to touch upon there is that um psychologically leaving it a week would be difficult for me because I'd be fearful of just laying on the sofa and eating crisps you know and just let myself go a little bit, you know, like you see, you see with the boxers, don't you? They're, they're massive with this. Like they'll, they'll get so ripped and and then people like Tyson Fury, they put on two or three stones sometimes in between their fights. And then it's all sort of like massive intensity to get back down again. And I, I'm always sort of like, I've done all this. I Sometimes I'm a little bit conscious. I've done all this hard work and now, yeah, I deserve a rest, but I'm turning into a bit of a slob and I'm eating too much and I'm drinking too much. And the, that I, I get very conscious that I don't want to fall into that trap. 
Yeah, I think it's it's hard, isn't it? Because there's, there's definitely balance and everybody's different, right? So we've got people in the saying, I'll go out on my bike the next day. We've got people saying, I don't run for a week. Uh, people saying, I'll run the next day. It's it's completely... What about you? What's your but, experience been? Uh, I think after London, I didn't run for a week. I can't remember what happened after Edinburgh, if I'm perfectly honest. I probably left it about a week as well, I think. But I think part of my recovery is I remember... I think both marathons, I wasn't very hungry straight away. So I was going to ask everyone else about this as well, because I think you just assume you're going to finish, you're going to be starving because you've been out for however long it is, three, four, five, six hours, whatever it is, right? And then you're just going to want to eat a big meal. And I remember being like, I remember feeling really disappointed that I didn't want to eat because I was like, hold on, this is meant to be like the greatest meal I've ever had. I think after Edinburgh ended up in Burger King and I was like, in my head, I thought I was going to order the Mm. whole menu. Were you thinking about that during the race? Because I do that all the time. Six miles out, I'm thinking, I'm going to go at five, guys. I'm going to have one of their massive milkshakes. I can't even remember during the race, but I remember afterwards, we got back to the hotel to get showered. And actually, Toby, you went and got us coffee. Was it you or Charlie? There's different coffee involved. I remember moaning about wanting coffee. (laughs) After Charlie picked you up on the floor, she probably bought you a coffee as well, bless her. Um... And then I remember being really disappointed. But part for me is those few days afterwards, what you eat is really important as well because you fueled your body. A lot of us will have been going, right, I need to eat all the good stuff, right? I need to get enough protein, fruit, veg, uh, carbs, etc. Toby, who just eats McDonald's probably in the lead up. Um, but, yeah, we do. And then suddenly afterwards you're like, all right, I could just eat whatever I want, which part of it is you can, but part of it is also you still do need to – you, your muscles are really worn down, aren't they? I mean, I'm not talking scientific terms. Alan can give us the the actual technical stuff, but your body needs fuel and it needs all the good stuff back in it to help you recover. Is that fair? Absolutely. So any long run, so we're not just talking about marathons here, but any long run, you are putting your body under stress and you're, you're, you're in effect micro-tearing all your muscles for however long you're kind of running. Um, so the recovery has to be a balance of thinking about that physical element and tacking on the mental element. You know, Wilco's already mentioned that a week without running can feel quite stressful to some people. Um, and I've tried different strategies. So I've tried taking a rest and got really anxious because you think you you know you're never going to be able to to run again. Um, I've tried so after Copenhagen. I wish I had a video. I went out for my recovery run. It, it just didn't. Oh, uh, I think it would have looked the funniest, you know, if someone had been able to film me thinking I'm doing a recovery run because <laughs> it it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have passed any kind of quality control in terms of recovery run. So I think I've kind of steered away from that. Everyone will be different in terms of how Dom's kicks in, so the delayed onset muscle soreness that you're going to get. Um, you may not feel it on the Monday, but by the Wednesday, it could be really cranking in. Uh, and I guess I think that's where the, the kind of the food comes in, in terms of having a good balance, getting enough protein in, because it's protein that's going to do the repair for the muscles. Keep hydrating, because um, though we talked about the red ambulance and other things, it's actually all the salts and all the electrolytes that are going to be out of balance. I'm not saying you're going to be in a state but they will just be out of balance and it's you know it's best to take a few days to slowly build up that balance rather than you know go for it in the first 24 hours and then find that you're feeling really ick and and sick plus you're probably going to have a post-marathon cold um again because you've been pushing your body for so long your autoimmune system will be really kind of squeaking and then post-marathon you know i've probably had a cold five out of six runs so again that's your body telling you that you need to take care of yourself um so you put all that together and you probably should be going yeah Hayden's strategy of not running for a week probably isn't a bad one but it's not to say it's it's going to be right for everyone so you'd certainly be caught more caught uh, you'd ear on the side of caution rather than you know you'd definitely do less than sort of like jump straight back into it yeah, but obviously, you know, I've seen some of the comments coming up and I've been in that situation myself where you're going, I've got another race in three weeks or I've got another marathon in two weeks. You know, what do I do? Um, and again, there isn't a, a straightforward answer. I think we've talked about 
this in the past in terms of if you I've got a, a very hectic calendar, not every race can be your A race. So you kind of have to yeah. pick and choose your moments to to try and peak. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's not a science. You know, whilst lots of the apps kind of talk about peaking and maintaining and being productive, I don't think any of us really understand the algorithms. <laughs> no, I don't think so. so. It's, it's, um, it's a bit of, you know, witchcraft in terms of how do you recover and how do you peak if you have got a busy schedule. Uh, and it is about, I think Toby's nailed it in terms of listen to your body and, and, and do it to feel. If it feels okay, it probably is okay. It feels a bit crap. Yeah. Sorry, part of my language. You're probably not doing yourself any favours. Yeah. Um, there's a comment that came through actually from Elaine Bunting saying her son has got Manchester, which is this weekend, and then uh, Edinburgh full marathon, end which is May. probably yeah. end of May. Yeah. Um, when should his training restart again for Edinburgh? And I just wanted to touch on that because I think um, your recovery from that is different, right, doing two marathons. And I think it's hard to – to answer it from a from a coach perspective because there's a lot of information that you'd ask but it's almost like which one's your a race is it manchester or is it edinburgh um i think hayden's theory of i think he did obviously tokyo uh back in march which he just used as as a long run and then uh kind of gave himself a bit of time to rest and then obviously when he's going out to boston which we'll talk about in a second but um yeah i think it all depends on which is your a race which isn't what you're doing are you going to enjoy them both you're going for a time at one of them but listen to your body in between and I think you've got six weeks so if you need to rest for a few days which you will do it uh don't feel like you've got to get back out and start doing speed sessions on Tuesday after doing Manchester on Sunday I think you might so uh, to, to add to that you know and this comes up more in the context of people coming back after injury or having a you know a, a mid mid injury or a, a cold kind of halfway through the plan you won't lose a lot of fitness even if you don't run for a fortnight. It's only when you start to get to 10, 12, 14 days without any cardio that you're going to see a, a loss of any real physique. Yeah, you might lose 1% or 2%, but for most of us average runners, you wouldn't notice the difference. I'm sure if you're elite, 1% or 2% is the difference between world record and, and a podium finish and being mid, midfield. But for the rest of us, you know, good recovery will actually you know, um, be the best solution in the long run and yeah without knowing the full details Elaine you know uh, 10 easy days and then re- reassessing your training plan and having a look at what you might be able to tweak based on your experience of running that first mm-hmm. race is, is probably the way to go yeah um also Rob Sayer this is one of my favorite comments after someone else hammering Toby earlier has probably got Toby's probably got an emergency cheeseburger under his cap Toby what have you got under there have you I can't reveal I feel like this is like a going to be a game now. What's Toby? Right, keep the award. What is under Toby's hat? Yeah. Um, all right. If we had to do quick fire, your one recovery tip. What are you going to go with? Go on, Wilco. Oh. Um. Just don't go mad and just enjoy enjoy what just enjoy from a mental perspective. Enjoy what you've achieved, whatever you've done. Whatever you've done in a marathon, even if it didn't go particularly well and you got to the closing stages and you couldn't finish, when you started running, when you thought, I might give this running a go, you would never have dreamed that you could do what you've done. I can't. You know, five years ago, I was running, you know, if I did a mile, that had been brilliant. And now on Sunday, I'm doing my fourth marathon in 18 months. And I look back and I think, it's just amazing. It's amazing. You're amazing of everything that you're doing. So... Don't lose heart. Don't get too hung up about things that went wrong. Just celebrate your achievement. That's what I would say. Nice. Toby? Keep moving. So it might not be going for that run and probably best not to go for that run, but do keep moving. It's walking the dog, just going for a walk, something like that. Because, yeah, the more you sit down, the worse it's going to be. Yeah. Al? Crocs and fresh socks. There you go. (gasps) Good one. I'm packing my sliders. Is this a good idea? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's the best idea you can have. Sliders. We, we want to see a picture of your sliders and fresh socks. After um, the race. Don't do what happened to me in Edinburgh, where your phone runs out, and you are on, you are left in the wrong side of Edinburgh, and you've got no money <laughs> and no reception on your phone, so you can't find out where you're supposed to be meeting people, and you're just walking around aimlessly 
for about an hour after he's run 26 miles to try and find Hayden in a pub. Don't do that. That is not the way to recover from your post thing. Fortunately, I hijacked a delivery man and he was able to point me in the right direction eventually. But yes, so pack a little charger, put your phone in so you've got a bit of juice when you're finished. All right. Um, Well, look, we've got to 52 minutes, which is mad, isn't it? But this weekend is a is a big one and a busy one. So we kind of mentioned it a second ago, but obviously Boston, let's talk about that first, is Monday, uh, which is a bank holiday over in the in the States. Um, and now Hayden and Tatilla are both heading over. I think Hayden went out today. Um, and Benny's running was on the same flight, I think. So shout out to him as well. Um, and I think Tatilla flies tomorrow morning. So, yeah, big weekend for those guys over there. And uh, I've got, got to get my T-shirt. Your T-shirt? Yeah, mine. Chris oh, ain't yeah, getting mine now. I've game. been I've I've not been around for the last few weeks, and uh, but I have listened intently to these discussions about now. This is like having a Champions League winner when you medal when you didn't play. I would never countenance have any souvenirs or finishers t-shirts, bobble hats from Chicago, none of that. If I hadn't done it myself, well so done. I would suggest to if you want to get a Boston t-shirt. Get down, do a bit of training, run a sub free, qualify, and get one. Well, well, you never know. But, but I just wanted to wind Chris up. I don't really <laughs> want him for any other reason. Well, we have to clarify that, though, because what happens if someone gets to finish a T-shirt, fair and square, because they've run a marathon, and then yes. it doesn't fit them, so they give it as a gift. Is that acceptable? I wouldn't accept a gift or something like that. Oh, controversial. Right, we'll move on from that. <laughs> I we go, how old's Toby? Who knows his age? I've just got the Boston qualifying time. So 34. Oh, it's just, it's basically 2.59 something or other to get your BQ time. I'm, I'm waiting for what, it. If you knuckled down, you could do that. No, I'll just wait till I get older. Well, you know, when, Aiden, when being you're your, 35. Being your 70 to 80s category and, you know, you'll be all What's right. What's over 50s, Al? Over 50. It's still quite tough. Um, Alan, so, uh, Alan, go down the list. Go from 30. Right, okay. So 18 to 34. This is, is for men, obviously. Sorry. It's three hours. For women, it's three hours 30. Right. And, and on a serious point, this is the first Boston race where there is a non-binary category. And I think there's kind of seven people running it right. as, as non-binary this year. So these times kind of don't reflect. Um 35 to 39, men 3.05, women 3 hours 35. So there's a five-minute jump. Another five-minute jump, 40 to 44. Then as you start to get a little bit older, so I think this is kind of where Hayden's at, 45 to 49. He was 3 hours 20, and women would be 3 hours 50. I'm 55 to 59. I've still got to go 3 hours 35. So Um, what have I got to do is plus 50 then, 50. You're you're 3 hours 25. So... I couldn't do that on a bike. I've got 10 minutes on you, Wilco. Um, <laughs> 70, four hours 20 for men, four hours 50 for women. Over 80, four hours 50 for men, five hours 20 for women. So, oh, I've done that. Yeah, age is on our side is probably the strategy that we should be going for. <laughs> so if, if I get to 80 and I can still run a marathon, can I still chip in with my time that I've got in Edinburgh? I don't think you'd be too worried about a T-shirt. You'd just be grateful to be alive, wouldn't you? you still <laughs> I think if you're over 80 you just, and you want to do it, you should just be allowed. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't I'm mean, time, should there? yeah, I think, yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right, well, we'll write to the Boston Athletic Association and make that suggestion. We'll do a quick polling for this if we get a volume of support and then there you go. Look out! Yeah, if you're eighty plus, you know you should get a chance to run a marathon if you think you're capable of doing it, regardless of what time. Can I just say, Toby, that's probably the most value you've added. Actually, that's actually a good suggestion. No, I think the one the other week was better. No, absolutely not. You still Um, need times on the boards as you run round. We're not going there again. Anyway, right this weekend, come on, Wilco, what's the plan? Into Manchester. Um. I'm not worried about time at all, really. I'm just going to go and enjoy myself. Um, yeah. The author, Stephen King, says when people ask him how he writes his books, he says one word at a time. And that's just all I'm going to do. I'm just going to get out there, see how I feel, go and have a good time, run around a different course. Um, having said that, training's gone better than it did when I went to Dublin, which was my last marathon, because I got COVID when we went to Great North Run, and that knocked me back by about 10 days. And consequently... 
my mental attitude was um, a little bit more sort of like, well, I'm going to participate rather than worry about, you know, putting in a good performance. Um, so I'm hopeful of doing better than I did there, but I'm just going to have a, I'm just looking forward to seeing lots of people. It's going to be a massive, it's a, you know, apart from the Great North Front, this is going to be the biggest race I've actually run in because it's yeah. about 25,000 people going. I didn't quite comprehend how big it was. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's going to be a fair old queue for the toilets. Yeah. So that's going to be the first problem. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm going to go and enjoy myself. Um, my PB is 4.46. If I beat that, I'd be very happy. All right. Good. All right. Well, keep us updated. We'll be, we'll be watching. Um, Al, have you got plans this weekend? Yeah, well, I, it's Saturday, so it's park run, obviously. Um, we're heading down to Colchester Castle. So we get another C in the, that's not the Pirates Challenge, is it? Yeah, it is the Pirates Challenge. But more importantly, um, after Park Run, we are staying in Colchester to do a bit of Strava art. So there is a little route around the castle um, that allows you to draw an elephant. So oh. it's about just under four miles, I think 6K. So I think there'll be about a dozen 40s kind of, you know, <laughs> sticking around. And then we're arguing about whether we go left or right because we need to get the elephant's tail. <laughs> so you'll all be able to strive a stalk us on Saturday evening to see who got it right and who got the best and uh, whether we actually made it round. So, yeah, it's park run with a bit of fun added on. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Brilliant. Toby, are you actually planning to, to run? I'm actually looking forward to this weekend. <laughs> go on, why are you looking forward to it? Well, because I get to like go for a run with my mates. Well, one of them isn't there, to be fair. Oh. I'll let you guess which one. Um, but it means that actually might go out and run the pace, the nice, easy pace that we've actually planned and not go along looking at I watch the old time going, you're going too fast. What are you doing out front, Chris? You're going too fast. Slow down. So I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, and then I've heard that there is another C involved um, oh, yeah. on the run as well, which... Um, He's basically the calf. So I've been <laughs> tempted to go to a run so I can go to the calf. All right. Wilco. Over to you. Well, right. Okay. We're going to wind up. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for uh, joining us this evening. Thank you, Toby, pressing all the right buttons, doing the good job in the old production, keeps it nice, smooth operation. I'm finished yet. Thank you very much for everybody who contributed to the chat and thanks for your time thank you very much to sketches for their continued support pop along to sketches.co.uk and have a look at all their great deals that they've got thanks for your questions your entertainment yeah. we are on facebook and youtube every friday at 7 p.m but if you can't catch us then don't worry you can download us on your favorite podcast provider of choice shortly after the show which will be apple amazon spotify if you give us a review, that'd be lovely as well because we now we've you know we've got to tell people that now we're an award-winning podcast. You know, people will have expectations, so they will want to know what all the fuss is about. So please spread the word. Don't forget if you've got a question or anything, drop us a line at um, 40rounds.com long run. That includes your shout outs for people who are running the London Marathon next Sunday. You can if you can fill them up. All week, that would be great, brilliant, would tell the thing. So I look forward to seeing everybody who's doing the Manchester Marathon and those I don't see who are doing the Manchester Marathon. I wish you all the very, very best of luck. I'm sure we're going to have a great day. Hopefully it's not going to rain. And whatever you're doing this weekend, enjoy your running, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 